How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. What's happening, Bears fans? I think we talked to you about legitly like 30 minutes ago. We're back here. The Bears are on the clock now in the fifth round. And honestly, you kind of snuck up on us. We're neck deep in the film for uh, Joel. How do you pronounce that last name now? EA Buniwe. Yeah, we've been practicing over here. We got it. Well, at least one of us do. But I'm your host, Wildewit, and I'm joined by my fellow Bears brothers, Nicholas Moriano. I have Chris Bachter here with me and, of course, Michael Dugan. And, Michael, you've been watching a lot of film on Iggy. Uh, as we've been waiting for this Bears pick to come in here, I want you to go ahead and explain to Bears fans uh, some new things that we can actually mention about Iggy now that we have some time to, to digest. Yeah, so this is a versatile defender. He's lining up as a cornerback. He's lining up as an edge rusher. He's lining up as an inside-outside linebacker. He's basically played every position in this Alabama game that I'm watching a couple minutes into the fourth quarter except safety. And he's great in coverage. He's good at dropping back. He made a couple of great plays I was showing you, Will, um, reading the quarterback's eyes, jumping routes, and, and forcing a quarterback to tuck it and run. So very good in coverage. He's a physical linebacker. He's quick around the edges. He's made a couple of good swim moves around O.J. Howard, who we know is a great tight end. Um, so the ta- I like what I see on tape. And great that this is only one game, but it's against the best college football program that the sport has ever seen in Alabama. So I like what I see on tape. This guy's versatile, and I, I think he could do a number of things going down the road if he stays healthy. So do you see him in like a hybrid role next year maybe? Yeah, well, next year I think we'll probably see him special teams mostly, and then maybe a couple of years down the road as he develops and gets a, accustomed to the to the NFL system, you know, maybe we'll see his role increase a little bit because this is a guy that's not NFL ready yet to be a contributor defensively. But like I said earlier, some situational blitz packages on third down maybe. And in two or three years, I think we could see this guy make some plays. I really do. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Nick, I'm going to go over to you. Uh, I sound like a broken record. I think we've been talking about it since the first round. Should the Bears address their need, the big need, the edge position? I mean, I'm kind of giving up at this point. I would hope so, because uh, that's a position that the Bears obviously need more depth at. Um, they got to address it at some point in this draft. I don't know if you can go without drafting. Just a, at, at the point they're getting at in this draft, getting later into these rounds, you almost just need someone to fill the position a body to go out there because the bears had so many guys injured last season at outside linebacker that they were just kind of throwing whoever they had out there to play the position to fill that role so i would have you would think it'd be an outside linebacker here i could be completely wrong they go somewhere where we weren't expecting but yeah i think this should be outside linebacker i mean again we'll find out ryan pace he's uh 
I don't know if you ever watched the show uh, Big Brother, but their quote or their slogan is expect the unexpected. And I kind of think, especially here in the late rounds, that's exactly the motto that Ryan Pace kind of adheres to just a little bit. But Chris, I want to go to you. I don't know if you have a big board in front of you or who's still available, but do you have any names that are perhaps still available that you believe would be a good fit here in Chicago? Uh, I still think Duque Edgeofer is available and he would be a good pick, uh, defensive end. Um, uh, Obo Okoronkwo, uh, from, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oklahoma would be a good pick. He might be a little bit undersized, but I still think, uh, he could help out. Like Nick said, we need bodies at edge rusher right now. We have, I think, four, maybe five guys on the roster, four guys that you could see as logical fits as making the 53-man roster. So, I, like you said, expect the unexpected. Uh, by the way, Big Brother's a really good show. Uh, <laughs> I like it too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, who knows what Pace is going to do. Yeah, we'll find out. CBS, if you're watching. No, I'm kidding. But seriously. All right, so we're waiting. The Bears pick is in, so we're waiting for this. Chris, I want to know what happened to your microphone. Uh, I, my ears were like just destroying me. So I'm holding it right here. (laughs) It's not coming through it. So uh, let's play with your settings a little bit while I go ahead and uh, mute. We'll figure that out. No big deal at all. We still can understand you. That's good. But of course, if we can up some audio quality, that's not going to be a bad thing whatsoever. All right. So, uh, Michael, you have a moment. Do you want to be wrong? Do you want to go ahead and guess? Do I want to be wrong, man? Um, I, I, well, there it is. Bilal Nichols from Delaware, All right. as we see the pick. Literally, as I was going to postpone my guess because I didn't want to be wrong. There's <laughs> another guy I, haven't, I don't know much about him, so I'm going to get on the tape right now. Sounds good. He is 6'3". He weighs 306. He ran a 4.95 the 40-yard dash. This is, what is it, Bilal Nichols? And uh, it's almost Nick. That kind of maybe excites you. It's almost your name, one letter off. Yeah, it's one letter off. Uh, again, this is a guy... I- don't know anything about. We're going to pull up the stats right now and see what we can find on Bilal Nichols. Yeah, it's close to my name, but not quite. Ah, yeah. So he is from Delaware. So another smaller school, Delaware, Delaware, Delaware. Does that That's one Matt Nagy's yeah. alma mater. There we go. Matt Nagy going for his alma mater, bringing in the kid. I actually looked this guy up last night, so I do know a little bit about him. Well, let's talk uh, about him. What's up? He is... Uh, I think he'll be a defensive end in a 3-4 scheme. I think he might not be a plug-and-play guy per se, for sure. I mean, you don't expect that out of a fifth-round pick. But I do think he has an opportunity to uh, to um, provide some depth at uh, a position where I think they could use some depth as far as the uh, – Defensive end goes. So, yeah, defensive end, 3-4 defensive end. I said that right before the Bears picked in the fourth round that I believed that if they want edge, either outside linebacker or someone else who can line up opposite of Keemix, help out. Because, of course, don't forget, we have Jonathan Bullard. We have Roy Robertson-Harris as well. So when you actually have this need addressed, I think it's a good depth piece, of course. We're here in the fifth round. If you can find someone who can contribute early on, even if it's not in a starting role, that's definitely beneficial. But here we go. I know we don't have a lot on him just yet, but I'm going to let these guys work. I like this pick because, again, it has to go back to the fact that the Bears must not like anybody, any of these edge rushers, any of these true outside linebackers in this draft. Because if they did, they would have drafted one by now. But apparently they don't because 
we haven't done so. We've had, uh, what, six, five picks now? So for the Bears not to have uh, addressed that need, they must not have had high grades. They must have better value elsewhere. But again, uh, having another bigger body in front of, say, a Roquan Smith when he's out there is going to be great because Roquan Smith, he needs those bigger people in front of him to eat up blockers. And when he do, that's when Smith kind of excels the best, when he's able to kind of roam free, read and react, doesn't have an an immediate body on him. So addressing this position was one that I definitely had highlighted. I know other Bears fans, other analysis a- analyzers as well had that as a need. So for me, I like the pick initially in terms of addressing a need, getting a player there. And of course, now we're going to get some more scouting on him. Nick, I want to go to you first. Did you find anything? Yeah, I'm starting to watch his tape uh, right now. He mostly plays that nose tackle position. And just in his senior season, he totaled 56 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, had an interception, and four pass breakups. And that's exactly what you want from those defensive line guys, especially when they can get their hands on the ball, just anticipate the quarterback's pass. It's always going to help in terms just playing the defense and just giving defense an opportunity to get off the field. But, yeah, he's playing the nose tackle right now. I'm watching the game against – what is this Virginia tech in 2017? Um, if I see any like big plays or anything, I'll let you know what he did, uh, how he got to about getting to the quarterback or disrupting a play, but just watching him right now, he's able to hold his ground. Uh, like I said, plays the middle of that defense position. Um, yeah, but if I have any highlight worthy plays, I'll definitely make sure to make note of it and let you guys know about them. All right, sounds good. What I'm seeing here, at least through the NFL Network's hearing report, he was able to, well, he was projected to go around five or six. So we're kind of in a ballpark. Again, uh, different scouts are going to have different grades. And we talked about that in the last draft. But Michael, I know you've watched at least just a little bit of tape. Can you give us at least a glimpse of what we're getting here in Nichols? This guy's going to be an offensive lineman's worst nightmare in the sense that he's going to just beat you up until you give in. Uh, he's drawing, I'm watching the same. The same film over here against Virginia Tech in 2017, and he's drawing a double team basically every single snap. That's what we need. Uh, which is so it, it's tough to get. That means two things: one negative, one positive. The negative is I can't really tell what this guy brings to the table because he's got not one but two, you know, ACC caliber offensive linemen on him at all times. Uh, but the good thing is he's good enough to draw two C- two ACC caliber offensive linemen on him at all times. Um, it is from what I've seen, his pass rush is not something that. Not not something to write home about, um, but he looks like he's going to be a menace in terms of defending the run and, and plugging up those holes. So maybe not the top of the priority list right now, but this looks like a physical guy that is, you know, he, he's aggressive and he's chipping away at these linemen. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not head over heels about this, but I, I, I'm not I'm not in love with it either. I, I'm, I, I don't love it. I don't love it. All right, so Dugan does not love this pick, even though he understands that uh, it might be someone who can go up there, eat some double teams, and probably free up these Bears linebackers. They drafted two so far in this draft. Um, what I'm seeing here, though, that he is um, he has another is another player with a high motor. It says here that his effort almost never wanes, to quote the actual NFL draft profile. Um, and on top of that, some of the negatives I see is that, um, he, again, like Michael actually mentioned, that his pass rush is uh, maybe leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, he has a little bit of poor bend, doesn't play with that, and he is a little bit too upright, a little bit too stiff. But again, with proper coaching, especially under someone like a Vic Fangio, those things can be addressed. Those things can be fixed. Uh, let's go over to Nick real quick. Do you have anything, man? You know, I switched games here, and now I'm going a bit. It's uh, he, they're playing against Albany. You know, high level competition there. But uh, and he did have one of those uh 
deflected passes early on in the game. And it, it just the recognition he has for quarterbacks and being able to time the pass. I mean, big dude going up, getting your hand in the middle of the defense, being that space eater and still being able to get your hand up. That's, you know, if you can't get to the quarterback, that's the next best thing. You're not obviously completing the pass if it's never getting past the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, it shows that even despite not being able to get there, he has some other moves to disrupt and impact the play. But I'm looking at this pick and thinking Eddie Goldman's the guy that usually plays that nose tackle. Obviously, being a big dude, we don't have much depth behind him. He's maybe another guy that can maybe fill that role, maybe eating up those double teams. That will allow Eddie Goldman to have that more rest moving forward. So I see why the Bears made this pick. It's not necessarily the biggest need, but I could see exactly why the Bears made it. Yeah, what I'm seeing here from an actual official Delaware site, again, I can't have faint green film in front of me while I'm kind of coordinating this discussion here. Um, that would just be, I, I would have some <laughs> tremendous uh, ability to multitask, and I don't have that quite yet. I'll work on it. But I see there that he did play the nose tackle for Delaware's 3-4 defense. So like you said, Nick, maybe he's someone who can give uh, Eddie Goldman that rest. Maybe it's an upgrade from like a John Jenkins who really only saw the field, I believe it was like less than 20, 25 snaps a season ago. So someone who can go out there, uh, take some pressure off of Eddie, and also kind of allow it not to skip a beat, right? Kind of do the same exact things. Man, uh, take double teams, uh, eat up some more offense alignment, eat up some space in the running game, which I see here is one of his strengths. And on top of that, I saw that he um, was one of the guys, he for Delaware, he was awarded whatever award they had for outstanding work and improvement in the weight room. So he's someone who puts in work behind the scenes in the weight room, always improving to get stronger, bigger, uh, well, I was going to say faster because he's a defensive lineman. I'm sure he's trying to get faster, though. It makes sense. It just does. But, of course, he's not going to be a, a burner by any means. But uh, let's go over to Chris. Uh, what can you bring here on this new Chicago Bear? I am a couple minutes into that same Albany film that uh, Nick was talking about. And like you, I went and looked at the NFL prospect profile. And I noticed one of the negatives was that he stands straight up sometimes. And I have noticed that there are some times where he gets like, he just pops up. He doesn't shoot out. He just pops up out of his stance, which will be an issue. It's so weird watching defensive linemen just because you expect anybody who gets drafted to just, you know, get be in the backfield every play. But I mean, what's the percentage of a defensive lineman actually winning, even if they're a really good defensive lineman, Akeem Hicks still gets blocked and taken out of play some games. So it's it's tough to, you know, watch a defensive lineman and say he's dominating the game when he's not necessarily making the tackle every play. Uh, but you can tell he has an impact. He's one thing he does well, which is going to be big for Roquan Smith, is he occupies uh, the offensive lineman. Exactly. So he's he's going to keep Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith clean, which those are two guys who don't necessarily like to take on blocks. So that'll be big, even if he is coming in as a rotational piece for the first few years of his rookie contract. Yeah, I think rotational piece is probably going to be where he's pegged at in this Bears defense. Again, I mentioned in the last show, at this point they the draft, trying to find guys to fill roles. And I think that his role is going to be someone to step in and place. And he, he, I think he has a versatility where he can play either outside and inside. So if he wants, if they want to kind of switch some things up, they can definitely do that with him. Uh, but I just want to correct ourselves. I found a pronunciation. His first name is actually Bulal. So that'd be uh, something that we need to make sure to take note of. But um, some interesting facts about his life. He's a sociology major. He has a minor in human services. Um, and on top of that, some of his hobbies, he likes listening to music, playing basketball. Uh, Nick will like this one uh, since he's the... Finally. 
a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Diva of the show. He does like collecting sneakers. So a sneaker collection. I know you have a shoe right behind you. So, I mean, that's funny. It's almost like those fate now. They had to, they saw the shoe behind your shoulder and like, you know, we need to get a guy with the, with the sneaker fetish. But um, no, seriously, when I'm looking at this, he was featured uh, by media outlets several times uh, during the 2015 season uh, because it's a very unique relationship with his grandparents because his grandparents are actually the ones who raised him, which is a definitely an interesting thing that doesn't happen every day. But you definitely know that uh, someone who has to go through life with a little bit of a different path sees things from a different perspective so anytime you can bring in other players like that with different backgrounds it definitely helps establish a culture of of people who can mesh uh michael i'm going to hand it over to you have you warmed up to this pick yet yes actually i have i want to apologize to Bilal. i i jumped the gun a little bit because the first two minutes of this tape were a little underwhelming um he's got very active hands and i think with a, a new coaching staff this is a good project to to give them. I think this is a guy that could be an effective run stopper and he's not a great pass rusher. I don't think he'll ever become a great pass rusher, but this is a guy that is, I mean, he's built like a beast. He's six, four, three Oh six. So that's a big body. You've got up front. Like, like these guys have said at the nose tackle position. Um, I, I, I don't know what he'll play with the bears cause he's lining up defensive tackle. Maybe he'll go defensive end. Who knows? Um, but from what I've seen, he's able to make up for his lack of pass rush by disrupting passes at the line of scrimmage, getting his hands up, deflecting a couple of passes. And again, like I said, he's being double teamed every single time. So I think this is a guy that, you know, down on the goal line, you could plug in at the nose tackle position. He's active, very active hands, very physical. He's a guy that can plug up the middle holes. So I I don't hate this pick. I still don't love it. But I think as a project, this is something that's intriguing. I, I like taking risks sometimes in the draft, not every time. And the Bears have certainly gambled today so far. Um, so I, right now, I'll get to the grade later. That's not the question yet. Um, I'm going to have to think about this one. But I I like this idea as a project. He could be an effective run stopper. And and I think he could be a pretty good project. So I, I, I am, I'm sad. I'm content. I'm content. There you go. Content is better than not loving the picks. We're we're heading in the right direction here as we learned a little bit more about Nichols. And what I'm seeing here, too, is that he's very humble. I was seeing some stuff here about him and his pro day. And he was just saying that that having the chance to even showcase the abilities and skills in front of some NFL organizations was an honor and uh, just an opportunity that he doesn't take lightly. So it's kind of nice to have someone who's, you know, from a smaller area, a little bit more humbled, who, of course, when you're humble and you're hungry, uh, good things can definitely happen. But yeah, the more I think about it, the more I see him as uh, filling up in the nose. I mean, he's listed at what, 6'4", 306. And when you have someone with a high motor playing at that position, right? I mean, especially if you're coming in in spell situations, uh, coming in at the goal line for an extra bigger body, I think that's great because you're going to give those offensive linemen who've already been on the field for an entire series fits because you're out there, you're fresh, you're giving it all you have when they're a little bit more gassed. So for me, Nichols right now, it's 
again, it's not a sexy pick by any means. Getting a defensive tackle who's going to be backing up your starting tackle, Eddie Goldman, right now might not have been the pick that most Bears fans would want, but it's one that maybe for the longevity of this defense, the longevity, longevity of Eddie Goldman as well might just be a decent pick when it's all said and done. But I'm going to go over to Nick. Um, what If you have anything else new on him, uh, please let us know. And then on top of that, I want to know, how do you see him kind of, what kind of role do you see him right now? And then what what's maybe his best case scenario down the road? Yeah, in terms of new information, I was just reading an article on him that kind of gave his background and how he got into football, those good things. And uh, he credits his grandparents a lot for being where he is in the position that he is in now, obviously being now an NFL player. But when he was young, um, uh, his mother had him at a very young age. So grandparents took him, uh, took him with him and he lived with them. And they really introduced him into sports. And he was able to just flourish and now it was he once a basketball player now obviously being a football player but he really credits his grandparents and what they're able to do for him um and then in terms of what he's able to do for the bears now i don't really see him making an impact right away i think that defensive line is pretty solidified with keem hicks eddie goldman but actually that that other edge spot is pretty open maybe roy robertson harris becomes that guy that fills that but in terms of maybe that goal line situation like you guys brought up earlier, that could be a spot where you want those bigger body guys who are going to take on blocks so you can free up these smaller inside linebackers that we do have in Roquan Smith um, just to get in the backfield. So that's exactly where I can see him uh, maybe getting onto the field where you just need guys that are going to take up space. And that's exactly what uh, Bilal, is that is that how you? Bilal? B- Bilal. They have it B-U-L-A-H-L. Okay. Bilal. Bilal. Okay. Nichols. You know, I'll go Nichols. So I think that's where I see him uh, making his impact on this Bears team. But again, Akeem Hicks, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, they're going to need their rest at some point during the game, especially if it's going back and forth high scoring. You're going to need some guys to go in and contribute. And I can see him being a guy, you know, maybe later on in the year being able to fill that role. See, I, I understand what you're saying. Maybe he won't make an impact right away. Um, again, I mean, when you're looking at his actual stats, they're a little underwhelming, right? He'd only had uh, 48 total tackles in his collegiate career, uh, only four sacks. Uh, he did have three forced fumbles, and he did have an interception and six passes to Flint. So I do like that he's, uh, if he can't get to the quarterback, he gets his hands up in the air. He gets in there, kind of closes up those passing lanes just a little bit. But again, the 48 tackles, the four sacks, a little bit underwhelming, but I don't think it is when you think about the impact in terms of, like we mentioned again, but I want to reiterate it one more time, is freeing up those linebackers. We talked about it round one. Roquan Smith, great talent, but when a lineman gets on him, he has a hard time shutting it. He gets bullied just a little bit due to his size uh, not being exactly where we want it. But if you can get a guy who can eat space, uh, man double teams. You already have Akeem Hicks who already, of course, demands a double team. You have another guy out there who at least offense linemen would have to worry about a little bit, maybe even chip them just a little bit, take their focus away. Roquan speed so quick and his football smarts are so high that he'll be able to read and react, diagnose the play and move out of the you know harm's way uh, just because you're going to have uh, Nichols out there manning just another double team when he's out there. But that's where I'm seeing his maybe quote unquote impact being made right away on this Bears defense. Again, not a sexy pick, but it's one, it's almost maybe a necessity uh, by some means. Let's go over to Chris. Uh, anything else you want to bring to the table here to our conversation? Yeah, one thing I like to look at with these late round picks is how they tested because uh, a lot of these guys from lower schools, I don't, and I'm by no means am I trying to dog on the coaching at these, but they're not at the same level. Like, obviously, with Alabama, one of their 
one of the great things that you hear about them is how well they're coached up at Alabama. And so I like to see how athletic they were, how they won and uh, how they succeeded in college. If, you know, if a guy's unathletic and he won with technique, then maybe he's just a master technician, but Paul Nichols, he is an athlete. He ran a four nine five at three hundred six pounds, which I probably couldn't run a four nine five at <laughs> one hundred eighty five pounds. Uh, he is like fast. I think he jumped thirty inches or something like that. Uh, he's a and probably the most telling uh, as far as linemen go is uh, the short shuttle, which I think he was high four twos, which is a great time for that guy. And so I looked at the bleacher report, um, just a little scouting, uh, report. And it actually said he was relying on athleticism. So sometimes, so I can't wait to see what Jay Rogers does with his technique. Cause if you can take an athlete and give him that technique, he could be a late round steal. I'm not saying he will be, but he could be. All right. I mean, I like that. Anytime you uh, have a pick in the fifth round and you're seeing the potential, at least uh, underneath the surface, that's a, that's enticing, right? That's what you want. You want to find a guy who who can maybe fill in a role now and then has the potential to grow into something more um, as his career develops. You don't. It's really hard to go through an entire draft and draft you know, six, seven straight starters. It just doesn't happen. You're going to get guys who, of course, need to take some time, a little bit of grooming. And I think right here when you're looking at Nichols, grooming is definitely what he's going to need. Uh, Mike, I want to hand it over to you. You've watched some tape over there, and I wanted to go. know uh, we try to do good things and bad things here on the show in terms of we need to highlight some weaknesses. What did you see that he needs to work on? Because, of course, when you're drafted in the fifth round, uh, you only had less than 50 total tackles in college. There's some weaknesses, things that you need to work on once you reach the pro level. Yeah, well, I think the, the one thing is with his stats where the numbers might not tell the whole tale is that he is going to draw – double teams on almost every single play because this is a guy who plays in the FCS level for Delaware. Not many NFL products are coming out of the FCS level. So you get a guy that's going to draw a double team basically every single matchup that they play. He drew a double team against Virginia Tech. So the numbers aren't going to tell the whole tale there. I think where he needs to work on, we'll start with the negative, is that pass rush. Like I said earlier, he's not I never really saw a time where he was actively trying to get around or between those two offensive linemen and get to the quarterback. But again, that's spinning that to a positive. He makes up for that with his huge frame. He gets his hands up. Uh, he tries to disrupt the quarterback even when he's five, six, seven, eight, nine feet away from him, which is always good. Try to disrupt him uh, as much as you possibly can. He's got a motor that I never, never saw quit. He never took a second of a playoff place through the whistle. Um, but I, he's a big body and he's physical. He's got very active hands and active feet so he can plug up those running lanes and, and those open holes. So I think this, this is an intriguing project for me. I, I don't dislike this pick at all after warming up to it a little bit after I came down a little too harsh, full disclosure. I apologize. I feel bad about it. I came down a little too harsh, but I think this is an intriguing project. I like it. No, knowledge is power. <laughs> there we go. So we're learning more about this pick as we go along. And guys, I don't know how much more we're going to be able to find on Nichols in this podcast. Of course, if we find anything else. Uh, Nick, you're pointing. You have something. I do have something. Uh, just on the what is it, Delaware website here. He actually won what's called the Weight Champion Award. And this is uh, given to and It was also given to one of the linebackers on the team. for. It's given to players for outstanding work and improvement in the weight room. I already mentioned and, 
You did? Did you I mention did. the weight? I did not mention the weight, so go ahead. We have more. I just wanted to reiterate what it was. Okay, sorry about that. But the weight that he put up, his personal best in the weight room, uh, best uh, 600 pounds in the squat and 400 pounds in the bench press. And they were, it's like a little interview here. And they were wondering, uh, can you bench or can you bench a vending machine? I think they say the average vending machine weighs about 600 pounds. So you can definitely squat it, just can't bench it. But yeah, that's, (laughs) I just wanted to put uh, the strength that he has at. Um, being obviously a position where that's going to be a focal point moving forward, moving those offensive linemen back and just increasing those chances of batting passes. But yeah, um, just wanted to mention that. Uh, and then another cool thing here, I mentioned his grandparents, how he really values them and what they've been able to do for his life. He said on a, a deal, ideal great day off, he said he just wants to lay in bed, have a home cooked meal by his grandparents and kind of just play like board or play uh, games with his teammates. I mean, such a, that's a laid back mentality. It's not going like out or anything, just wants to be around people that he truly cares about. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, that's really neat. Again, it's you're finding different players who with different personalities who can turn and mesh into a culture full of, well, different personalities. But that's what you want. That's the kind you don't want the same mentality with each and every one of your guys. You want similar, but you want people to bring different elements to the table. That's what really makes teams special. And it seems like he being a little bit more laid back is a kind of a a stark comparison to someone like a Roquan Smith, maybe in the first round on that Bears defense. All right, so guys, I'm thinking about where I want to take this conversation, and I think it's about the time to get close to wrapping it up. So, Nick, I'm going to give you uh, – we're going to play the, the game that we play all weekend long, best case, worst case. I'm going to give you worst case because you haven't had it since round one. Yeah, okay. This is the worst case scenario now. Just want to reiterate that. Just not what I – project him to be but worst case scenario i was looking just watching that film again he is a guy that takes up space but if that's all he's able to do and maybe not be effective at it then what he's just maybe kind of a role player kind of gets into those rotations maybe once uh eddie goldman akeem hicks are you know need a breather but that's all about that's all he's going to do there wasn't very much times where he's actually getting to the quarterback utilizing different kind of hand moves to just beat that one-on-one matchup with maybe a center or guard so the worst case not very much of an impact. And if he's not able to occupy two guys at a time, if one guy's able to block him one-on-one, then you're freeing up an offensive lineman to go get your inside linebacker. So that'd be the worst case scenario, just not playing to maybe his potential or to the best of his abilities to where he's allowing these offenses to maybe manhandle him and then get to, and that then affects the, you know, upper levels of your defense with your inside linebackers. Sure. All right, Chris, I'm going to give you the fun one. I want to give you our best case scenario here. I know it's a little difficult to peg, but if you had to guess, looking at his resume, uh, some film, his measurables, his athletic ability, his strength, what is the best case scenario here with this pick? I think best case scenario is he like utilizes that athleticism. Jay Rogers really hones his technique uh, or helps him to hone his technique, and he becomes a solid complement to um, – Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks. I do think I know he played nose tackle most of the time in the film that we were watching, but I think with that athleticism combination, I would really like to see him lined up one-on-one with a guard uh, because I think he can win those matchups. I just, I think he's more athletic than most guards out there. Uh, Like I said, he, his short shuttle time was uh, probably if you, I mean, I, don't have the numbers in front of me. I was looking for them, but if you find them, they're probably pretty high in the percentile. Uh, Cause I think, uh, yeah, I don't see I any think, shuttle times here. I do see. Uh, I, 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 I think it was on his pro day. Cause he 
hurt his hamstring four, in the four, second. Nine. I think I, I might oh, have in front of me. Okay, four four nine. Um, that's pretty good. I think uh, they were talking about James Daniels and his is around that same time and talking about how elite it was for a center. So I can only imagine it's just as good when you're coming from a defensive end spot. <laughs> so I think best case scenario is probably uh, around a five sack guy just because the defensive end or nose tackle positions aren't getting a lot of sacks in the three, four defense. Um, and he becomes a, a starter. I think, uh, I don't think we can expect pro bowl numbers or anything sure. like that. But, uh, I mean, I guess best case scenario, he would come in and be a pro bowler, but best realistic scenario, I want to say starter. All right, best case scenario starter. I think that's definitely fair with where we're at here with Nichols. And honestly, if that's how things end up going, I think in the fifth round, you did a pretty decent job, especially if he's someone who can do all the things that we've already mentioned on the show. So guys, let's go ahead and go around the horn. Let's hand out those letter grades and let's just get out because the Bears are going to be on the clock here very soon because the picks are just flying in now that we're over halfway through the fifth round. So Chris, I'm going to go right back to you. Uh, Letter grade and why? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this a B minus just because uh, he is an FCS player and he doesn't have great technique. Uh, but I do think over time it can improve to a B, B plus, especially if he reaches that starter category. But right now I'm going to go B minus. Uh, I think he can improve, um, which a B minus is a good grade for a fifth round pick. Um, I, I, I can't say much else. I B minus. I think he'll uh, come in and give it, a, give it his all. That's, that's the biggest thing is he's going to come in and work hard, which is why I like to give it a B minus. Yeah, you know, someone who's eager for an opportunity, eager to make the most of it, someone who has a very high motor when he's actually out there on the field. So really, when I'm looking at this, I'm going to give it a C plus just because I think there are bigger needs right now. But over time, you can definitely bring that grade up. I'm going to say C plus because I think Edge, again, I mean, I'm it's tough because on one hand, I still believe Edge is a huge, huge need on this team. And on the other hand, if the Bears don't like any of these Edge guys, then why would we want to just settle for one of them anyway? But like Nick, you mentioned it probably 20 minutes ago. We we're at the point where we just need to start throwing bodies into the position because we don't have a rotation where we need a rotation of outside linebackers. But yeah, we talked about it. He's going to be a space eater, someone who mans double teams, someone who can hopefully when he's out there, free up these Bears inside linebackers to go ahead and do some damage, attack the football, attack downhill freely to or in order to make the best plays possible. So that's what I'm looking for when I see Nichols. And speaking of Nichols, Nick, I want to hand it over to you. Nice little transition there. Um, so I'm going to agree with you, Will. I think I'm going to go C plus B minus for this pick. I, I see why they made it, especially even just looking at the last pick, Iggy. I'm not going to even pronounce that name right now. We'll get it eventually. But again, a smaller inside linebacker that needs to have uh, those big offensive linemen occupied. And that's what uh, Bill Lal is coming in here to do. So I think if you do that, um, you know, he's able to again, be that space eater, give those inside linebackers an opportunity to make more plays. Um, that would be the best case scenario. So that's why I give it a C plus B minus because you just don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Now become, we said that FCS level of uh, 
you know, competition now coming to the NFL, huge step. And how much is he actually going to play this season? Um, we, you know, you have Akeem Hicks, you have Eddie Goldman, Roy Robinson Harris, J- Jonathan Buller too, is another guy that we, I don't yep. even think we have even mentioned this uh, podcast, but so you have some guys up front, so we'll see how much he actually gets to play, but I'll give a C plus B minus. All right. C plus B minus for Nick. Michael, hand it over to you. You went from you don't love it to you're content to you don't dislike you don't dislike it. So we you have some wiggle room here. What's your final grade? I, I'm at the C plus B, B minus range too, right at that 80% where most grade scales t- tend to cut it off. I don't know. I think, Will, you nailed it when you said we just need to throw bodies at at these positions just to fill them up. And I think this guy, you know, it's it's never a bad thing to have a guy that can plug up a hole and and stop the run, but I don't I don't know what his ceiling is. And you know, he he struggled to get to the quarterback drawing a double team almost every time. So, he's not going to draw the double team in the NFL at least in the next couple of years. So, maybe that's something to look forward to where he only has one big body to worry about instead of two, but I don't know that this guy can contribute right away. I don't know how much he'll contribute in a couple of years. And you know, unlike Iggy, I, which I think there's a position for him on special teams pretty close to right away. That's why I gave him B minus over C plus and given his versatility. But I don't know that that there's a spot for Bilal right away. So I think I might have to lean towards C plus. Again, I like the project. I'm I I'm partial. I tend to like projects more than most people when it comes to these later rounds in the NFL draft, just because I like the uncertainty and you know I, I enjoy putting my faith into this new coaching staff to see what they can do. But it's it's a C plus for me. All right, so we're all kind of in the same area, right? C plus, B minus, and Nick. I just have one more final question. When you're looking at, um, of course, Nichols here, do you think he has the potential, say, next year, his rookie year, to have more than five tackles and three assists? Five tackles and three assists, I think that would be... I don't think that's unrealistic when you think about it. Um, I think that can be definitely obtained over a season. Uh, I don't think that's too far-fetched to say, but yeah, I can agree with that. Okay, because I'm looking, that's what John Jenkins had last year, and I think if we're trying to upgrade from him, five tackles, three of them coming from assists, I think think we can believe, uh, if given at least some time on the playing field, he should be able to do something like that. Again, less than 50 tackles for his entire collegiate career, so nothing that wows you but again i think he should definitely be an upgrade from someone like a john jenkins but who knows maybe they'll find a role for both of those players on this team depending on where they see nickels fitting either outside or inside at the nose or over at you know on the outside position so we'll see exactly how it goes um but yeah that's what otas that's what training camp's all about but guys i think that's going to wrap up our discussion here on the bears fifth round pick uh nickels i, I forgot his name was the name again Bilal. Bilal. there we go see we're all just figuring things out as we go. But yeah, if you like the show, definitely leave us a thumbs up here on YouTube. Review our show over on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. And if this is the first time this weekend, the first time you've found us, I just want to welcome you here. It's fun. We do this. We have a show once per week, all off season long. We do four to five shows per week during the Bears season, including a post game show just like this. After each and every Bears game, we're here. We're live breaking things down instantly. We don't need time to wait around, but we're here giving you the analysis right from the very beginning. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We'll be talking to you as soon as the Bears make their next selection in this draft, which if things pan out like it should be, it'll be in the sixth round. But until then, bear down, Chicago.
Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.